head on over to patreon.com forward slash the MMA Roadshow right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content. And now, here's the podcast. Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 255. My name is John Morgan. And cold coffee is with me, and I'm not dead. He's with all of us. <laughs> he is. He is still on the planet. I am still here. We are here at the uh, expansive grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee. If you look outside, you'll notice I picked up some of the, off the grounds. The 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 the, the, the staff the, did. You say the staff, the staff yeah, yeah, took yeah. care yeah. of some of the trimmings, aka of your my mom luscious landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it looks good out there. I mean, look. A beautiful Thursday afternoon in February, and we're sitting here with the windows open, short sleeve shirts on, t-shirts, chilling. I mean, celebrating the fact that you're still alive right? with, with a couple of frosty cold PBRs. I'm sure you haven't been able to enjoy this uh, very the, many of these adult beverages. This is the first one I've had since uh, since the surgery. That's what's up. Yeah. How's, how's it, is, is, it, is it feeling it t- good? It is, but it tasted weird at first. I think it's just because I haven't had beer in my system, uh, but it tastes a little weird. But it's getting better. Oh, it's, it's gonna it, as soon as it melds with all your industrial strength painkillers, man. You'll, <laughs> That's you'll, it. You'll be doing all right. Once the muscle relaxers kick in, it should be a it should be spot on. <laughs> well, listen for a lot of people. I mean, this is gonna be the first that they're hearing from you. Uh, it's the first I've got a chance to see you, man. I was out of town quite a bit of the time as you were recovering, but I uh, gotta say, I mean, you know. You seem with it. You're you're yeah. you're uh, you're moving a little a little gingerly. Yeah, uh, you've got yeah. some you got some titanium rods in your in yeah, your some back, rods right? Rods and screws and stuff. Yeah, they they fused my T5 through the T7, um, so they had to kind of uh, section off and pull off some of the uh, the bone so they could get to the actual tumor and pulled it off. And it's funny, I went in for my a checkup today, my wound check. I've got the staples removed, which. Uh, Sounds a lot worse than what it actually felt. Uh, it actually didn't really even feel him sort of coming out. I was going to videotape and, and figure we could throw on Patreon, but I was like, this is kind of gnarly. <laughs> I was like, nobody really wants to see some staples. Oh, you removed. messed up. You should have. I know. I, I should have. But uh, maybe they can put staples back in just to put them back in. Just so out. that we can, we can view it no, and tape want, it I don't want to no, do that. No. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, no, I mean, uh, yeah, it's just stiff. Uh, stiff and sort of overall uh, soreness. Dealing with some like bad muscle spasm, which are just as painful as anything else I've I've felt. Um, so that's why I, I took some muscle relaxers. So I think that with some award winning PBR should have mm. me uh, should have me right as rain here soon. But um, yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty intensive process. What we uh, thought going in was going to be uh, a four to five hour procedure ended up being closer to eight hour procedure. Yeah, it was about seven and a half hours. Yeah, seven like. and a half I remember hours. Checking in with your with your uh, with your family about six and a half hours after what was supposed to be a four hour procedure, and they were like, "Ah, just still in there, still in there." Mm-hmm. We're getting a little uh, we're getting yeah, a little concerned at that point. Yeah, I know they were. I know they were a little uh, worried, and I had no idea how long it was until I I got out and I actually was in the there's an initial recovery area outside of the surgery, and it was in there that the the guy was like, "Yeah, you know, you were in there for about seven and a half hours," and I was just yeah. like, "Oh shit," you know, like. Is that good, or you know, you just wonder if there's complications or whatever. Yeah. Um, but part of I think with them going in and uh, 
it's a it's a pretty decent size incision so i think they either did it in two sort of sections and when i was getting the staples out today you know because i've been experiencing some soreness you know when you hear the uh this lovely uh, physician assistant whatever she's talking about how yeah you know they kind of had to really stretch and pull down on it when you're on your side and so when you think about like a slab of meat and your back's just sort of wide open and Ugh. they're yanking down on on your back to kind of open it and get into it you know it's pretty gnarly but it explains why the hell my back hurts so bad and Ugh. my side is is pretty still sort of banged up but overall uh, i'm moving uh they, they, they think that i'm moving really good for as long uh, as short time away as it's been uh you know i've been trying to uh go the we went did little short trips to the grocery store and stuff just to sort of stretch the legs out and just sort of uh start easing it because that's the hardest part it's one thing to stay laying down which even that you know you think that's easy but after a while your butt starts hurting <laughs> you know laying down you want to start shifting but the 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 actual movement of sort of standing up again and having that compression of when gravity's pulling and you're pulling down on this hardware and stuff that's been inserted in there uh was really really painful oh. but it's getting better and better each day um I'm able to drive, That's good. Um, which was good. So I actually drove to the doctor's appointment today. And uh, if it keeps uh, going how it is, uh, I should be back on the road for uh, the Columbus show, which I'm really, really looking forward to. I was going to say, it sounds like the plans for people that want to know. Um, you know, USC 248 is here in Vegas, but I think yeah. you're just going to kind of sit that one out. I mean, it's just a couple of weeks from now. Yeah. And uh, I think we said, hey, you know, you can help us out, obviously work from yeah, home. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the road show. We'll get together yeah. for that. But um, that way you don't have to carry around gear and, yeah. you know, set up and break down and all that yeah. stuff. Um, but, yeah, by about, uh, I guess it would be a little bit more than a month from now. maybe a little like, over a month. Yeah, month, then month, be on like the road for, for USC Columbus, which, yeah. is, by the way, is a hell of a card. Um, but uh, Ohio, of course, means, I mean, you went to school in Columbus and yeah, uh, that's, got that's roots home. there, man. Yeah, that's home. So I'm looking forward to that one. So that's that will be a nice uh, uh, reward for, you know, staying the course and healing up property and not pushing it because that's the biggest fear is uh, – pushing it you know because nobody wants to sit it sit on their butt and everybody I, I wants to contribute to the team and you know and i have uh the utmost things for the for the team sort of backfilling and, and taking care of stuff but you want to get back in you want to you know start contributing again you want to get out of the house and stuff but i also realize that you know you have to be smart about it because the last thing i want to do is affect the hardware before it's fully set you know uh open reopen this giant fucking incision on my 22 back. 22 staples, by the way. Yeah, 22 staples. It's a it's a pretty decent size. Uh, it's a pretty decent size incision, you know, and I see, I saw my doctor today, and it's funny, when I first saw him uh, after uh, the thing, I saw him in the um, uh, the hotel, and I was just like, hey, doc, I, I was like, how you doing? He's like, I'm still sore. I'm still tired from working on you. I was like, well, I appreciate what you did. <laughs> <laughs> So. That's crazy, man. It's funny, right? Like, uh, man, as busy as we all are, it's like, oh, I wish I could just have a day where I could just lay around and not do nothing, right? Yeah. When you get two weeks of it, you look not you so get a fun. little stir crazy. <laughs> uh, but it's it's been good, you know. And it's been, uh, you know, I've been uh, lucky enough that my mom was able to come into town and it's been an angel for me, helping out, uh, you know, pitching in, and she's been good to kind of just set me down and not let me overextend myself because the last thing I need to do is is do something that sets back the recovery and stuff like that. Cause I, you know, um, it's, it's been, it's been tough, you know, staying home, but I realize it's, 
it's it it all works out you know as long as i just stay the course and and, and stay healing and stuff and you know um you know the fact that i'm now actually having my first pbr Damn in straight. a couple of weeks is good it Damn shows straight. that uh, things are trending in the right direction so but yeah i'm looking forward well, it's looking good forward to have to get you back, back now road, we're, so. we're we're all worried about you so it's good to have you uh Good to have you back to full strength. And by the way, if you want to see a picture of that <laughs> 22 staples in uh, cold coffee's back, make sure you go to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. We have uh, posted a pic over there. Cold Coffee was nice enough to allow us to post that. Yeah. Of course, he didn't produce the video of them being removed today, but he did allow us to post it. And it is a it is a pretty gnarly looking, uh, pretty gnarly looking cut. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. By the way, shout out to uh, Sean Sheehan of Severe MMA for uh, recording that commercial that started off the show, uh, plugging our Patreon. That was just so <laughs> nice of him. I just wanted to give a shout out to him. I thought it was so cool of him to offer that. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to grow the Patreon this year. Yes. Uh, he's done a successful job over at Severe MMA, and he said, "Hey, let me give a shout out to you boys." And so I, I said, well, "Thank you so much, so much." So we actually have some, uh, some new content on there. Uh, Post USC 247. Uh, sat down with the boys from MMA Junkie Radio, and I think we're going to start doing that uh, kind of on a weekly basis and, and have yeah. a little uh, little bonus kind of. It's kind of like old school MMA Junkie Radio. They don't get to, you know, they're they're get, they got a new format now. They're yeah. doing a podcast, but I think sometimes they wish they could go a little bit longer and you know have a little bit more free flowing discussion and I think that's uh that's what we're all going to do. So, uh we're going to have some some bonus content. We'll have some some more things there as well. So, uh speaking of Sean Sheehan, part of what got that going, uh the USC is going uh back to Dublin. That was announced and uh Sean Sheehan has been has been mentioning that he, he might like a uh a rematch in the drinking contest that we had back in the day that I I will say he beat me in. Yeah. But New facts have come to light. It turns out he may have he may have potentially uh, massaged the rules a little bit, or potentially uh, I don't want to call I don't want to call the man a cheater. I don't want to call the man a cheater. I'm just saying he might not have uh, quite adhered to to the regulations that were set in place that night. Now I will say I was always a little unhappy with the rules of the contest that evening because it was just literally how fast one could chug one beer uh-huh. um, and I felt like I was at a disadvantage there I mean I, I, I do like my frosty beverages I bet beverages. you were already probably like 13, 14 oh I was, I was it was bad it was uh, in fact it's 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 a my wife was was with us. If you remember, we actually have a cool picture. I'm going to put it on Patreon.com as well. Uh, man, this was a different era in the MMA Junkie days. Man, yeah. we had a crew with us over there, uh, and there's it's it was almost five years ago. Was I over there, you were there. You were there without a beard, uh-huh. clean shaven. So in this picture, we're going to put it on Patreon as well. Clean shaven, cold coffee is in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young Mike Bond is there, <laughs> looking. Uh, first of all, this picture is hilarious. I don't know why he is so damn mad. But he is angry. It's like he's literally scowling at the camera. Uh, my wife is in there. Uh, you know, uh, Sandu is there. Abby's there. Simon Head, Pear, the whole crew's there. So it's a great picture. Um, but uh, and of course, it's it's even better because we're at Nando's. Which where else would of we course, be? Of course, we're crushing some Nando's. Well, especially if you can find that on Patreon. I'm gonna see if I can find a picture from Dublin. I remember it was one of the ones where uh, I remember you at the time. You were like, "Don't ever post that." It was a picture Uh-oh. when you were carrying a tray of Guinnesses over, and I remember you knocked one of the Guinness over. But rather than put the tray back down, you you tilted the tray and drank the Guinness <laughs> off it. And I remember I snapped a picture of it. I think I have it somewhere on the cloud because uh, it was uh. like it was like multiple phones ago. But I, I think I had the presence of mind to upload it to a Google Drive. And sadly, that's not even the same night. I, you know what? 
on Patreon, uh, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. All right. That, that was, find it. That was not my it. finest moment. I did drink a I, I did drink a beer off of a tray. Tray uh, beer. But, yeah, so anyway, Sean Sheehan is, is, is hoping to get a rematch. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know. Unfortunately, I hate to say I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it over double. It's going to be a fight night. Uh, we know Conor McGregor is not fighting in the three arena over there. God bless no. him, but that is a small venue. Uh, so we'll see what kind of uh, what, what kind of card they come up with. But unfortunately, I think uh, our man Simon Head and our man uh, Abby, Abby Subban Spock, will probably yeah. end up pr- probably end up handling that one. But uh, anyway, uh, all right. Listen, uh, I, I know you've been locked up, but did you get a chance to watch UFC 247? Because uh, it seems like all the discussion still. I mean, even damn near a week later is about UFC 247, and uh, you know about about how the main event was scored. and yeah. So I'm kind of curious. You watched it on TV, I'm assuming, and I'm assuming I did. you did it under the influence of some – Pain pills. Some very strong industrial strength drugs. <laughs> uh, so uh, how did you take Because I'll be honest, I, I watched it live, cage side, and I had it for Dominic Reyes. I, yeah. I had it for Dominic Reyes, the first, the first three rounds. By the way, I, I didn't put I, – I, I wanted to tweet this so bad – um, it, but you know, I didn't want to ruin my career either, uh, as a journalist. Cause it's definitely like, I don't know, a little too opinionated or whatever, but you know, he's a former it guy. Dominic Reyes is, okay. he's a high school it guy. Okay. And so I was just, after the thing, I was going to be like, Hey, you know, I hit up uh Dominic for a new password and he said, Reyes one, two, three. <laughs> Cause I thought he took the first three rounds. Yeah. Uh, but I went back and watched it. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna watch, I need my- to go back and rewatch it. Here's the thing. I always tell people this. If you're going to go back and rewatch it, now listen, if you're just trying to be entertained and you're the, the, the casual fan, just hang out and watch it. Just you know, enjoy it. But if, if you really want to be dialed in and, and you really care about what you think, make sure you watch it with the sound off. You know what I mean? Because you're not getting any influence from the, the play-by-play team, you know, the yeah. announcers. And I'm that not saying, happen. Yeah, that and I'm not happen. saying they're doing a bad job. I'm just saying they're going to give you some influence. You know, what they point out, hey, oh, look at that, look at that. Th- they are pointing out something to you that you're going to key in on. You also hear the crowd, and and I've always said, you know, I I, the, I think the crowd does influence uh, even subconsciously, you know, because they they cheer over one thing or they roar over one thing, and, and and they're silent over something else. And in your head, I think subconsciously you think, oh, that was a, a bigger combo where yeah. it might not be. I mean, one of the it's loudest, much more sounds- devastating, you know, when you hear that when you hear the commentary go and the crowd go. So true. One, I mean, one of the loudest sounds yeah. you'll ever hear in a cage is when somebody throws a high kick and it's blocked by the glove, it, it makes a huge, loud sound. It's true. It's not landing, you know what I mean? But it goes pop. Yeah. And so I think you have to watch without the sound. But so I went back and I watched it without the sound. And I'll tell you what, when I went back and reviewed it, I think John Jones took round three. And I think that's what this whole thing that's boils down to is were, round yeah. number three. Uh, I did talk to Joe Silva briefly because, you know, Dana White said in the post fight press conference, Joe Silva had it a draw. And so I reached out to him. And I'm like, hey, did you have round three as a 10-10? He said he actually had round two as a 10-10. So I thought what rounds one and two. Yeah. It, it, by the way, it was great. I was like, it's great to hear you're still watching, uh, watching fights. He's like, dude, I don't miss a fight. Uh, he's like, I watch every card. That's he's awesome. like, I text uh, all the guys throughout the throughout the night. He's like, we're, <laughs> we're in constant communication with Dana, with Lorenzo, with the you know all the old boys. They still talk about the fights, right? And Joe was like, dude, it is so much more enjoyable to me now because I, I have no responsibility. I have no nothing. I'm just watching the fights and I'm enjoying. It. I was like, man, that's, that's cool. I'm glad to hear. You know, because yeah. by the end he was a little. 
a little, little frayed around yeah. the edges, man. But, but understandably, I mean, oh, he yeah, had a lot, of, lot of stress on his shoulders and stuff. But yeah, when watching the fight, uh, you know, I was under the heavy influence, but uh, and that's why I wanted to go back and watch because as I watched it, every time that I could really sort of see it, Reyes was getting the better of exchanges. He was getting more devastating um, punches. I thought when Jones came forward, I wasn't seeing the typical Jones that was sort of exerting his will. You know, I didn't think that Reyes looked banged up. So by the time that they ended and they read the decision, I remember just sort of thinking to myself, okay, maybe he didn't really get a good view of it. Because I, in my head, from when I overall sort of scored the whole match in my head, Every time I could recall something, it was Reyes getting the better. Right. So in my head, I thought, oh, wow, Jones really is going to lose. And when they called Jones, then I, I just sort of immediately sort of doubted my own self. I was like, oh, maybe maybe I missed something. Maybe I didn't. Um, but I wasn't upset. But I also realized that I wasn't in the best frame of mind <laughs> watching but you know, it. But look, I'll tell you what. I felt the same way live. To me, live, it was very jarring to hear Jones's name called because – I mean, Reyes, especially early, man, was was really taking it to him. I yeah. mean, really, really taking it to him. Yeah. Um. And and you know he didn't. You know, Reyes didn't finish strong, but at the same time, it wasn't like Jones was working him in four. I was going to say that 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 fifth round. I mean, it. it I a lot of times going in the fifth round, I I imagine that whoever usually wins the fifth round sort of solidifies it. But I did feel like John was pushing a little bit more in the fifth. Sure. But I also didn't feel like it was a. A crazy round in his favor, either, no. you know. It but, was clear but he at won, the end, but he wasn't I, hurting him, right? And that's why towards the end, I was like, okay, maybe it was that fifth round. I was like, it did kind of lean more towards Sean. So I was like, okay, that's probably what got him the fight. That's probably what got him the fight. But I wouldn't have been upset if if Reyes did because going into that decision, um, I thought he had did enough. Um, but then not hearing it again, I was just like, okay, I, I should probably go back and watch it. Because I'm probably missed something in that blur, <laughs> slightly, slightly yeah, loopy on these blur. industrial pain pills. Well, I, it, it, to me, it all, again, watching it with the sound off, I, I, I think I like John Jones in round three. But it's one of those rounds where if you, I mean, if you sit next to me, like you know, John, I watched it right there with you. We could watch it right now. Turn it on and watch it with the sound off, and you could look at me and be like, I hear what you're saying with Jones. But I think it's Reyes, yeah. and I can't fault you. It's that cl- it's yeah. so close. Reyes should have kept it pushing on the fifth. You could see he pulled back. He did. He thought he did enough, and I think that was the difference where he, in his mind, already thought he had three locked down, and he should have pushed through the fifth. Can't do that and in a five-round fight. And I think that's the point where when he didn't, and I already started seeing him ready to raise his hands, I was like, man, that's not a good look. I you know. know. And I always feel bad when, uh, when fighters do that. So when he did that and then he didn't get the nod – um, I wasn't as surprised because I felt like he should have did more in that fifth round. I agree. And if he would have kept pushing it and uh, would have took the fifth, then he easily would have did it, you know. I know. You, you hate to uh, – I mean, listen, he said afterwards, look, it was my first five-round fight. I wasn't sure how to manage the gas tank. I wasn't sure how to feel, you know. And I agree. All those things are legit. I mean, that's why yeah. there were question marks around him. But you are right, man. I mean – He still had more. You could tell he still had more to give. That's right. And he didn't it, empty he it didn't, all out, he man. Didn't, and, that's, and that's the thing. I mean, you could tell – he was tired, but you could tell that he still had it because he wasn't moving sluggish. And when he did make contact, he was still you could tell he still had power, yep. and he was still evading John. He was, he was, he was just moving. He was moving away from him. He wasn't pushing it to him. And I just felt like if he would have kept pushing it instead of just sort of sitting back, because it felt like he was sitting back. And that's the I think that 
when judges see that, they're just like, okay, obviously this guy either looks tired or whatever. And, and that last impression of a fighter pushing forward is always the one that they, they carry. So if there was any question marks going in that fifth, he did himself no favors by sort of uh, taking taking that last half of the fifth round off. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, I, 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 I want to see the rematch. I want to see yeah. the rematch, man. And, and I don't usually say that. I mean, you know, the, the only other time. <laughs> a lot of people said Jones looked human. I mean, he a lot of times he goes in there and he looks so superhuman. A lot of people now are just like, oh, okay, I'm not going to just immediately bet Jones after seeing this one, you know. It's a fair point. I mean, you know, you think about the times he's really been tested. I mean, the first Gustafson fight, right? He was yeah. obviously very tested in that. I'll be honest. After that one, I wasn't clamoring for a rematch. I knew we'd see him fight again at some point. But I wasn't clamoring for a rematch because what I thought was Jones, you know, had a, had a bad night, but he dug deep. He won it. I thought it was clear that he won that night, um, and he showed to me championship heart. And I'm like, you know what? These two guys will meet down the line somewhere. Um, yeah. Tiago Santos, you know, Maheta. To me, that fight was definitely close because I think John John had to respect his power. But I don't know. To me. You know, Tiago was so hurt. I mean, he would stumble. Yeah. I mean, he would t- take two steps his forward body, and stumble. His body fought him the whole, the That's whole it. time. That's it. So, you know, to me, I thought that was kind of a weird fight, and I didn't think immediately, like, I got to see this again right away. This one, I want to see again right away, man. I, I want that. There's not another fight I want to see. No disrespect to, you know, the combatants this weekend, Corey Anderson and, and Jan Blahovich. I mean, yep. it's a de facto number one contender type fight, but I got to be honest, I, I'm not – Clamoring to see either one of them fight, I wouldn't begrudge it. They're, you know, they have a they have a right to, to to get there. I know Corey Anderson. I like Corey a lot, man. I know he believes he 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 deserves that shot, but I'm not clamoring for it. You know, the idea of of John moving up to heavyweight. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know that, that does much for me either, especially yeah. after a fight that close. That fight was so close. I want I want to see it again, and I'm hoping. I know that you know Dana and the USC team. They're not always keen on doing instant rematches, but um. Man, I I want to see it here, and and that's and that's the thing, and it could go two different ways. We saw Jones versus Gustafson. The second one was completely different. Everybody thought it was going to be every bit as close as the first one was. Jones went back, processed what happened in that fight, and came back and looked twenty times better than he did in the first one, and completely dominated him. That could happen again in this rematch, but there is the point where Reyes, kind of like when Connor fought Nate that first time. He was like, man, I had no idea of how the energy would feel differently, the bigger guys moving. But when Connor came back and fought that rematch, was able to process it and approach it differently, was even better. And that could happen with Reyes. Reyes can go back, can go back and say, okay, I've been there. I know what's different. I know what I need to do differently for the next time around. And he can come out and have his way. But Jones, I, 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 I just happen to think that he's, he's just one of these talents and one of these kind of guys that. As much as a rematch would benefit Reyes because he would be able to deal with it differently, I think we'll see a whole differently John Jones as well because he realized what he was in there and what he'll need to do differently as right. well. And Jones, man, when he comes in focused, when he comes in um, knowing what he needs to do is as dangerous as anybody has ever been in the octagon. So that seems to be one of the big questions, right, is is what do we take out of John Jones you know, this performance and his recent performances. Where does he still stand at this moment? Uh, earlier this week, uh, Rashad Evans was on. I think on. he took him a little lightly. He might have. He might as have. As much as he said he didn't, but I think just – I think some of the mind games and some of the stuff coming in, I think he wants to portray like he's not caught up in his head and other stuff. 
I, I just part of me thinks that he didn't give Reyes as much credit um, as he probably should have, and I don't think John will make that same mistake. If that's the case, around. he definitely won't make the same mistake yeah. if that's what happened. All right, uh, so Rashad Evans was on uh, the JRE MMA show, Joe Rogan's uh, MMA-specific show. I, I will say, if you haven't listened to this episode and you want to go listen to it, it's about uh, 2% MMA talk, and it's about 98% weed. Uh, no, even more uh, hallucinogenics, man. Or, or I, you know, I did not know. To be honest, that Rashad Evans has gotten really into uh, mushrooms. Really? Yeah, and really into. Uh, in fact, he's he's helping like uh, Johns Hopkins like do research on oh, it. Wow. I mean, he's like super into this stuff, man. It's actually pretty interesting, man. Wow. Rashad, I mean, obviously Rashad um, was always a smart guy and an interesting guy to talk to, and now his his life has taken him in a completely different direction. And um, he does relate it to fighting. He relates it to um, the end of his career and, and, and his fighting career, I should say at least. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's some interesting talk. But he he has one little clip right here about John Jones specifically that I thought was uh, especially interesting. Uh, So I I wanted to play this. This is uh, Rashad Evans uh, speaking to Joe Rogan and and talking about John Jones. The difference between a champion, you know is about more than anybody, between a champion and a good fighter is so close. It's such a... It's so close. It's It's so so close. close. It is. And sometimes it's that fucking fire, that anger, that fear, that drive inside of you to be elite, to be the best. And sometimes that comes with every practice you have to win, everything you have to do, every fucking training session. You, You have to burn it out. If you don't, you feel like you're less than you could be. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, but there's also the other side of that too, where there's that 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 blissful ignorance, and that blissful ignorance is where you just go out and do something, and you do it a hundred percent great all the time, just mm-hmm. because you enjoy it, and there's not right. the pressure of oh, I have to do it a certain kind of way. Like, like for instance, when when um when John Jones was first competing, John Jones he competed so freely because. You know, it was just like he was it was just in his nature, like he was just so creative and and he fought different because of, you know, he fought from that place of just creativity, that ignorance, that 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 ignorant bliss. You know, he couldn't be beat. He didn't believe he can be beat. And, you know, he would fight that way and he would do some genius stuff in there just because of that, you know. But then when you have those experiences where you, you know, you've been caught in a fight or you've, you know, you made some mistakes in there, then you do know better. But then those, those, those thoughts, it actually slows you down a bit too, because you're not fully reacting. You're, you're thinking a a hair Mm -hmm. where before it was just kind of like a reaction. Yeah. I talk about his opening fight, the opening sequence of his fight with Shogun. I mean, he's 23 years old, he's fighting for the world title, and he opens up with a flying knee. Right. Who the fuck does that? That's, that, that, was, yeah, that, 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 was, that, that was that dumb and young. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that's yeah. the best way to say it. But at the same time, that, that, that blissful ignorance, that's what made, that was his blueprint for so long, you mm-hmm. know? And, and he's turned it into a whole fighting style, just that, you know, letting it off, hang out, letting it fly. And that's what worried me. Um, that's why I thought in this fight with Dominic Reyes, it was going to be a closer fight because of the fact that Dominic Reyes now had that, what John used to have being that, that blissful ignorance. Mm-hmm. He didn't really know how much, you know, how better John was or didn't even care. He was just kind of like, oh, I can win. You know what I'm saying? He, right. he was so confident in himself, almost in a, in an ignorant, blissful way, but it worked out for him, you know? All right. So I, I thought it, a couple of interesting points there and, and, um, 
the the key words I think the Rashad said the blissful ignorance. You know, I I you know obviously you were uh, laid up in a hospital bed at the time, but you know I was talking about it kind of coming in that I thought one of the things that would help Dominic a little bit was the fact that he just doesn't know what he doesn't know. You know what I mean? He doesn't know that he's not supposed to compete with John Jones, and I thought that's exactly the way he came in there. But then there's the flip side of it as well that John Jones. You know, I think everybody's trying to figure out, like, has this guy deteriorated? Or are, are we seeing a guy who's past his prime who, as you said, is, is now human, you know, where he hasn't been human before? And I wonder, too, you know, physically, you know, he's not an old guy by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Because um, he started so young. But I wonder how much of it is almost like, like mental. Like, he doesn't have that freedom anymore. You know, he's – man, he, this dude has cashed every check you can cash – in terms of you know potentially screwing up your career and remaining on top, you know even yeah. even Dana after the fights were like you know most stories don't turn out this way. Most stories you know most guys that live the way he has lived and does what he does it ends up bad. And here this guy is, you know, still on top of the world. And I wonder how much of that plays into it. Like, is he really deteriorating or really seeing a a, a downfall, or is this you know kind of some uh, you know a big mental? kind of a hurdle for him and the other thing too is you know I thought it was so interesting in the build-up that John during fight week was saying listen I don't think anybody's going to be able to beat some of these records that I've set as far as being the youngest champion as far as this many title defenses because he was saying how the game is changing like how much yeah. better everybody is getting now like there are you know nobody has these weaknesses anymore they all have the whole game you know and it, I don't know just hearing him say that as you said him himself kind of admitting to being human or whatever, to or to being not necessarily head and shoulders above everybody else. I still feel like the physical tools are there. I just feel like maybe it's it's kind of a psychological approach as much as anything. And you're right. I, I think there's a point where he even has to realize that for the longest point, uh, he was just enjoying himself. He was just having fun. And then I think even a couple of years back when he really started training, he started believing the fact that, you know, and he didn't even say as much. He's like, guys, I don't even train. I don't even like to train. <laughs> you know, he was just physically adept at just being able to just destroy people. Mm-hmm. But I think he realizes, too, that physicality is only going to get you so far. And now you have the people that are coming in the sport. One are physical freaks of nature, but are also starting training at such an early age that – uh, the guys that are coming up now are just are just unbelievable. Yep. So at some point, records will be getting broke. So I mean, it's good for him to you know sort of realize that you know he was able to set some crazy records and do some crazy things at a at a young uh, point in his life. But at some point, that stuff will change. It will go away. But I think as he starts to realize that, he's thinking more. Uh, of what needs to happen. I think the game has changed for him. I think it was prop. It's become a lot more serious for him now. Mm-hmm. You know, something he realized that he needs to kind of work a lot more. Yes. Um. So it it'd be interesting to see because I I think he's at a point where he now really needs to decide is does he still enjoy it as much as when he was blissfully ignorant? Yeah. You know, if if you will, because now. Uh, he has to think, and he's not just going to go in there and just starch guys anymore. And I think that's what we saw with Reyes, who, you're right, who kind of went in there 
But I think even uh, Anthony Smith had the same sort of mentality as well. A guy that had a lot of experience but also was like, I'm just going to go in and have fun, you know. Like, most people don't think I'm even supposed to be here. Right. You know, but so anything I do is going to be better than what most people expect, you know. So now we had Reyes, another guy that probably a lot of people are like, who's this guy coming in here, you know, and that's oh, doing yeah. the stuff. He was, he was the unknown challenger. He was the unknown challenger. But, I mean, when you look at what he was able to do, um, if you don't, know who he is now or, or understand um you know what he's kind of capable but those guys are gonna they're gonna be keeping the, more guys like that are gonna keep coming and it's just gonna be tougher now for jones because he realized it now that he can't just get by on his pure physicality i mean his physicality is pretty fucking mind-blowing right though. i mean that his physicality and what he's able to do with his body it's funny you look at him because his legs are not like these huge, thick legs. A lot of people nope. think, you know, they, they look kind of undersized for his torso and his top body, but the way he's able to generate speed and power um, from his frame is still going to help him be able to carry over against a lot of individuals if they're not if they're not doing the right work on their end. But unfortunately for John, a lot of the guys coming up are doing that work. If you're making it to the top of the game like this, these guys are doing the work. So same thing with like Corey Anderson, a lot of these other guys in there, they're doing the work. Like John's not just going to just drop these guys like he used to be able to do because the guys are much more physical. They're in much better shape. And uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe not like John's slowing down or that he's losing power, but at some point, you know, John will plateau as well. Has to. It's going to happen. It happens to everybody, you know, and when that point happens, um, we're going to start seeing some real sort of uh, interesting fights because then it will come down to where's John's head and where's heart's at in these fights and how much does he want to push himself in these fights. And I think a lot of these fights, a lot of people have questioned that because he's just, it's came so easy for him. Right. That Gustafson fight was one of the first fights where people saw John had to dig deep and he had to dig real deep. And this fight with Reyes was another one of those fights where if he didn't have that sort of champion's mentality and he didn't know that he needed to push through in that fifth, he could have easily lost that fight. Right. But he has that heart. He has that mind uh, behind him. But it's going to be interesting going forward. And, and that's why I said about earlier about how. John looks more human now because people we've seen it. Definitely, we've seen it to where he has to battle himself out. He has to pull things um, out, and for so long it, it's looked so easy for him. And maybe at, from maybe it's just at that point going forward, uh, it's going to be hard for him to kind of replicate what he was able to do before because he made it look so easy. But with the the, the level of talent that's coming up, and for the fact that you know uh, it's got to be tough to be. 100% example of the best thing out there every fight. Not everybody's going to look like that every time. Well, I always and said one of the reasons I liked the Gustin fight so much was because to me that showed championship heart that John was able yeah. to, to to pull out a victory on a night that he didn't have his best stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to me, like that's, that's meaningful. Like You're yeah. right. You can't dominate everybody. But when you're having a bad night and you still find a way to win – to me, that's admirable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the champion. That's the championship level stuff, that's right it. there. You know? That's it. Well, I'll tell you what I'm anxious to see. Uh, uh, I hope. I hope that they do one. And uh, is have you watched this program detail on ESPN Plus? No, yeah, I remember Daniel, talking about. Oh, it's so good. I'm telling you right now, Daniel Cormier does it. And 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 the first, <laughs> as soon as I mention this, the first thing I want to do is I want to apologize to Matt Wells. 
uh, obviously a, a fellow MMA journalist. Him and I were talking about this, I don't know, man, like last summer, I guess, was when the San Antonio show was. And at the time, I was not a fan of the show because it opens up. I mean, it was it was a Kobe Bryant concept. Shout out to, to, to Kobe. Obviously, that's you know uh, incredibly yeah. relevant in the news. But um, it was a Kobe Bryant concept. And it opens up by saying, you know, this is not meant to entertain. This is not meant for debate. And I was like, ah, okay, but – to me, it was it was weird when I first started watching it. I was like, it's just it just didn't grab me. But you have to be in the right frame of mind. It's not it's not meant to entertain. Like it's it's literally just film breakdown and tape breakdown. Um, but man, Cormier is so damn good at it and the intricacies of it. Uh, man, they did uh, they, he did he just did one on Shevchenko's performance, which was phenomenal. I mean, so obviously they're still cranking him out. Th- yeah, he's still doing them actively. Okay. He did one, and now they're doing them more frequently. So they did one on Connor's performance. It's worth it to watch. It's I tell you what, it's worth it to watch the Connor Cerrone one because he breaks it down in such detail for such a short fight. Not detail, hence the name of it for such a short fight. But what's amazing, ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. But what's amazing about the Connor fight is you see that um, man. Uh, when he comes out of the gate and, and, and misses that first left hand, that big left hand, his follow-through of his body as Cerrone tries to duck in and change levels, his leg ends up inadvertently – I mean, I say inadvertently. Maybe he meant to throw it in that direction. But it looked like he was a little bit off balance and it was his follow-through. But it hit Cerrone in the temple. And so, like, he was – you know, everybody talks about the shoulder strikes. He yeah. was already rocked. He was rocked from the yeah. follow-through of that first one. So, yeah. anyway – Cormier does such a phenomenal job at breaking things down. I, I hope that they do one on this fight because uh, you know it would take a lot longer. You know, it, you know it was. Uh, I wonder because I wonder if some people think he'd just be picking. on I know John. that's the only thing I wonder if they won't do it because this is your rival or whatever. Yeah. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to sit there and extol the greatness of look at look at what John does here. This is so phenomenal. This. But is- if there was a guy that was going to be willing to do it, I think I think. Daniel could do that. Yeah, because he doesn't have that ego. Because he think. doesn't have the ego, that same thing. But I can see where somebody might be like, oh, you're just going to shit on him. And he might just he not wouldn't. even want to deal with it. I, he, I don't but think, I think he, he would. would be, if there was a guy out there that would be fair enough to do it, I think Daniel's Oh, Daniel's I know he would. I know to, he would, especially knowing that the, that the next chapter of his life is going to be about analysis, yeah. you know, not uh, fighting. But I, anyway, I want to see it because, I, again, I don't necessarily feel that there's a deterioration of skills to a to a huge degree at this point. No, not at all. Um, all right. The other story that really that this this event was about was about judging and and not just the main event. In fact, yeah. I mean, yes, the four one score, um, the four one score was was a bit difficult was, to stomach. But that was weird. It was okay, but and, and and I guess I'm just trying to qualify it a little bit. I mean, when Joe Silva, one of the most educated people in the history of the sport on the sport, says I gave round two a ten ten. Then that at least gives you some credence that maybe somebody could see round two for Jones. I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, round three was obviously very close. Then of course four or five. I think most people believe Jones won. So I guess it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but it did stick out as a little bit weird. But um, it was. It wasn't just yeah, that one. It 10-10, was. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I know. I thought it was a little odd too. Um, but you know. It's not just about that fight. It's about some of the other decisions on the night. I mean, uh, you know, James Krause not winning round one of that fight. I mean, that's that's utterly ridiculous. I just don't understand that. And there were a couple other really tight ones. I mean, Jonathan Martinez. I thought he won his fight. Um, there were some there were some rough decisions. So, uh, I, I guess the two things that I want to say on this. First, I'm glad that this is an ongoing discussion. That that is good stuff. Second, let, let, let me just say that. This, the story about this judge that wasn't paying attention, man, uh, 
Joe Rogan, I, I, I mean, we obviously just played a clip from one of his shows. I respect the hell out of him, man. This guy has as much knowledge and passion as anybody. He has done so much to help grow the sport. Um, but he made a mistake. He made a mistake on the broadcast by pointing out a judge uh, that he said wasn't watching the fight. Um, and it turns out, you know, that was not a judge. I mean, if you go back and watch uh-huh. the tape, and I did watch the tape. Yeah, I forgot you've been in a hospital bed. You didn't even know all this story. So yeah, it's funny. No. So he points out a judge. He's like, we're watching a judge that's not watching the fight during the prelims, uh, during the Lauren Murphy and Andrea Lee fight. And it's it's not a judge. It's a commission official that he's referring to. It's very clear that the judge at that point is watching the fight. And unfortunately, it never got corrected anywhere. And even uh, even if you did correct it on the broadcast – you're, you're, the clips are still going to go out there, right? I mean, he is such a powerful voice. I, 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 I contend that at this point, Joe Rogan is the most powerful voice in mixed martial arts. I think more powerful than Dana White at this point because I think a lot of people do realize that Dana is a promoter and, of course, everything he says is going to be slanted towards promoting UFC events. Joe Rogan doesn't have those responsibilities, so he's able to to say what he wants and flavor things the way he wants and be a little bit more honest, I would say. I think he's the most powerful voice. I mean, maybe you could say Conor McGregor has a more powerful voice, but, I mean, Conor's not talking about yeah. issues in the sport and that sort of thing. So I, I think Joe Rogan has the most powerful voice in the sport. I think he made a mistake here, and that happens. We all make mistakes. We all say things that are wrong. I just I hate seeing the fact that then that became such a story that people were like, well, of course the judging was bad. There's you know The judge wasn't even watching the fight. Yeah, That's not the case. We do need to do some things about judging, but it's not fine judges that will actually watch the fight. I mean, they 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 were watching the fight, so yeah. I, I I think that was that's weird. He didn't go back and clarify that if that if that's the. the I think case. John Anik tried to. He said, I I'm not sure. I think probably the truck probably told him, hey, that's not a judge, but but it just never really got like, oh my bad, yeah. I'm sorry. That at was- that point, it's already out there, and you're right. There's a lot of people that uh, Joe is. Uh, I mean, I love listening to him comment on some of the the fights, but I know. At times, his biases will come out there, and you know, but you have to be smart enough to kind of know um, when to sort of take it for face value or whatever. But he does add some input. But there are a lot of people out there who live and breathe. I mean, dude has a killer, crazy following. His podcast is awesome. Number um, one in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see where um, you have to kind of watch what is said because there are going to be people that immediately drink the Kool-Aid. That's it. And jump on and jump on. It's the just accepted as fact. And that, and that's what that's what bothers me a little bit. Yeah. You know, like I don't think I don't even I don't even know if he understands the power that he has in that way. That if he says something, it is immediately accepted as fact by 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 a huge portion of of the fandom, and that's uh that's dangerous because there is a, a discussion that needs to be had about judging. I'm glad to see it's going on. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of open scoring that a lot of people have have brought up. Uh, we, we wrote a column about it on MMA Junkie where each of us kind of chimed in a little bit. Uh, so if you want to read more on, on there about why uh, I'm not a fan of it, um, there, there's a triple take on there is what it's called, is, is open scoring, you know, the solution. You can read it. I'll, you know what? I'll put my portion on Patreon. Whoa. So that way if you just want to read my portion, you don't have to search it down. Just go to Patreon.com. Um, but there are things that need to be happening. And yep. uh, I, I wanted to play one other clip for you this week. Uh, John McCarthy, um, big John McCarthy, obviously was on MMA Tonight, which is on SiriusXM. Um, and you're actually going to hear Anthony Smith ask him a question. You mentioned Anthony Smith earlier. He's actually doing some radio hosting as well. No, um, and, and, and he asks a, a pretty simple question. What is the solution? You know, we're talking about the problem. We're talking about what the issue is. What's the solution? Um, and, uh, I mean, how can you question John McCarthy's expertise 
And uh, here's what he had to say. So, so what's the answer here? I mean, we got the, the the godfather of the sport here. What what do we do? Because you're right, the commissions are locking us out. They 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 they've hold it all off, and they want to make the decisions, uh, but they're not the ones that are in there. Like with these life changing results, Dominic Reyes lost out, in my opinion, on the biggest life changing event probably of his entire life. Because he may not oh ever God, get that back. Right. He may he may not be able to. Be, John Jones is hard to beat once, let alone twice. So yeah. if John, now John Jones has got 25 minutes of data on on Dominic Reyes. He's not going to have the same jump on him that he had this time. So from a from a commission standpoint standpoint, or from just a sport as a whole, if you had to pick two things that you think would would change the game for us completely, what would those two things be? I'll tell you. The, you know, the first thing, and this is going to give out of trouble so thank you very much for bringing that <laughs> that's what i'm here for brother i i, I can't uh, i gotta tell you the truth the first thing is this uh, all of the all of these commissions out there there's good ones and there's bad ones i'm just gonna flat out say it that way and if you work with them you know which ones are good and you know which ones are bad but none of them they are all kingdoms unto themselves if you understand what i'm saying it's there's a king sitting in each one, and they can decide to do what they want in their own little kingdom. That has to change. When you have an a, uh, organization like the Association of Boxing Commissions and Combative Sports, and it's all of those commissions coming together to create the rules and what they believe is right for these sports. But when they vote on something and... They agree, yes, this is what's best for the sports. That individual commission right now is going back and saying, no, we're not going to do what they said. We want to be different. And they are ruining our sport. They are causing us a problem. Texas is one of those commissions. Texas has not done what they were supposed to do. They have not changed the rules. They have not done the things that will help fighters. And here is what happens. So, that's the biggest thing. Right now, someone has got to put it into play where if you are a member of the ABC, you are a commission, and you're an athletic commission within, I don't care if you want to say the United States, North America, we also have Brazil as part of the ABC uh, in South America, but if you are part of the ABC, which you must be if you're in the United States, I'm just going to say that too, and, and it is voted on that this is the way the sport is going to be run. You do not have the ability to say, oh, no, I'm going to do it my own way. And sometimes I guess that could work against what is right, but I don't think it is in the, in the long run with the way the ABC is set up and the people that they have making rules and uh, regulations, uh, decisions right now. It's the right way. It's what it should be. And, you know, that is the, the major thing. You can't have these people that get to be on their own island and decide we're going to be different because that's what Texas is, and this is what you get. All right, so, of course, John McCarthy is respected as they come when it comes to knowledge in the space. And I like what he's saying in, 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 in the fact that, to me, I, and we can argue about the system, man. We can talk about 10-point must. We can talk about open scoring. We can talk about all these different things. But to me um, – it's the people implementing the systems and the fact that we have all these commissions not on the same page. Yeah, it's 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 not right, man. And and 
I've heard arguments against why a federal governing body isn't a good thing, but I'm starting to believe that. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have to be a federal governing body, but we have this association of boxing commissions, uh, association of boxing commissions and combative sports, I believe it's now called. Um, but if they can't all agree that they're on the same page, then what? What the hell's the point of even having it? I mean, I guess the medical databases are shared, and that's a good thing. I mean, that's a positive. Everybody has access to the same medical databases. Good. We're not allowing suspended fighters who are either, you know, just knocked out or, or got drug tested somewhere. We're not allowing them to go fight somewhere else in the States. Okay, that's that's a positive. But the fact that they can't all have the same rule sets, I mean, we, yeah. we change it from and judging criteria and dude, come on, man. They yeah. they, they gotta get it together. And this year, uh the the the, the annual meeting is in uh, Sacramento in July. And I'm hoping we can be there. It's not exciting, at least me, man. It's not the most exciting thing to attend. Uh, it's not, you know, big over-the-top entertainment value. But um, luckily, Sacramento is not a very expensive area. You can go there relatively cheaply. We could probably do uh, some interviews while while we're out there. I mean, there's some MMA gyms out there. Um, you got, of course, uh, the Team Alpha Male crew. You got the MMA Gold crew out there. I mean, we could do some interviews. So maybe we can make it all worthwhile. But I would like to cover the commission meetings because John was pretty pretty vicious there, but he's 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 100% accurate, man. Uh, these people are not on the same page. and It's like this – it's like a political game. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like a political game and a power game, and uh, that's got to stop, man. I mean, it, 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 it does tend to – to ruin the sport, man. You know what I mean? It's it's not if, if the whole point of the commissions, or they or as they say, is to have the fighters' best interest in mind. If that's what they're there for, if they're there to protect the fighters, to have fighters' best interest at heart, then how can they make the decisions they make and, and say that's not it's not true? That's that, that, that's not accurate. So um, I don't know. I, I I hope some I hope this discussion because it's been a week long discussion and that's good. Uh, I hope it continues on because changes need to be made. And, and yeah. I don't know if it's to the system itself. I think it's to the people overseeing it. And, and I would even just as much as – I mean, I know there's – when it comes down to the, the breakdown of the scoring and the criteria and all that other stuff, I think in the meantime they could probably just implement some changes that we've heard people talk that would just – why why is it that we're waiting to the very end to to hear any bit of where the the judges minds have been up to that point i mean they write down the scores after every round if we can't just get a tally of where they're at after a round just so people have an understanding it might not i mean so then we don't have to even if it's just like okay they we didn't see that an active point or a score from when that strike happened or whatever i mean i get it that the, the technical side of that stuff can be a little bit um tougher for them to sort of show but just if you know a at the end of a round a little a little just something a, just a little something even if you just know at the end of the round okay we can clearly see that uh these three judges are in our favor we know for sure we have this round in the bag so the second round the other fighter know that he's going to come out harder the first fighter is going to go out there and try to secure oh, get see, that I'm not, second round. I, I don't like the open scoring though. I don't like the open score. I, I don't. Mean, I don't like. I don't like. I just I, show, see, I thought you were just saying like I do. Look, I, I, I just want to know what it is going in after every round. I don't need this, the the exact breakdown of you know why it's this. Just let me know who's winning after each round. Well, see, I and I don't and I, and as I explained in my piece, which you were in a hospital bed, so I forgive you for not reading. 
I, I think there's a lot of arguments against that being implemented, and and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I you know, I think there's arguments against it. But I do what 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 I like what you're saying there. What I what I do like is an explanation of the score. You know what I mean? Like some notes. You know, okay, yeah. cool. Ten nine. Why? Give me a little something. Give me give me yeah. give me five words. Give me ten words. Give me what well, one part words. of that. That would they would need more time. They would need more time. They, they would, would need definitely more time. especially because you see, man, you see it cage side when they're collecting like. The, the, the they're they're down to the minute. An official has yeah. to run around the cage and catch and, and like literally, if you're in that first seat, like literally the bell sounds and they they want your 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 piece of paper yeah. right there. So I, I I do. It may take a little more time, but I, I don't know. Just knowing that like like if if an official has a score and they can stand behind it, they can explain to you. I may say I disagree with you, but at least I know that like yeah. you've got some logic and you're thinking about something. Well, that there should be some sort of thing. I mean, I don't see why they can't. Most of these judges. I don't know if they're doing back-to-back or if they do a fight and then they get a break. If they have a break after the fight, it makes sense that they would be able to go back and then clarify why they scored it, sort of a brain dump of why they did it. Right. Um, but it just feels like we don't need to have it to the point of where we're, we're finding out who won after this long commercial break. I feel like if we there's a way that we could probably know going into the commercial break already where the judges have oh, sort then of you lose the drama of the read of the I mean come on that's that's one of the most exciting parts it is well it is but I think you you would take that end excitement and you would spread it back out over the things because you would know going in each round all right this fighter's down they're gonna have to come I and mean, we already kind of know when a fighter's down and I think so we're always like oh, okay these guys are gonna go but it's always interesting when you hear. You watch a fight and you're like, oh, clearly that was so and so round. And then you hear the corner like, oh yeah, baby, that was yours. And you're like, what are you watching, brother? <laughs> like, no, that wasn't. You know, uh, I just feel like the fighters would fight a lot differently if they knew exactly where they sort of stood going into it. So yeah, it would take maybe the the, the drama, but I think they could still find a way to still make the the read exciting for some particular reason or whatever. But I don't know. Uh, I'll I mean, refer I'm, to you to my triple take, sir. <laughs> I go mean, to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Yeah, I'll, I'll, go to the, I'll, I'll subscribe to the Patreon and, re- and, and, and read that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll lay it out there for you. All right, uh, listen, it, 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 it feels like we're doing a and a half right now, but, man, I, I didn't get to do one. Well, first of all, there was no way you were going to be able to produce it. You were loopy in, in a hospital. Uh, well, by that time, you were out of the hospital, but yeah. you were still loopy still nonetheless. Loopy. Uh, me, I barely got to the uh, the airport in time, but uh, – but, uh, I'm glad the discussion continued. I'm glad we got to get that off our chest. Yeah, it was interesting. It was good fights. I do want. I do. I, that did remind me. I wanted to go back. It's so funny because we're already like middle of next fight week. But I did remind. That reminded me that I did want to go back and watch the fights again. But here we are already like pre-fight interviews for these fights. The fights are coming up. I mean, that's the that's the thing about this fucking uh, train that we're on. It just never relentless. Ends. Never ends. It's relentless. It really doesn't end. USC on ESPN Plus 25 is uh, this weekend. Uh, Matt Erickson is out there. It takes place Saturday night. Uh, the Santa Ana Star Center in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, which is basically Albuquerque. It's a uh, yeah, it's a suburb of Albuquerque. Corey Anderson versus Jan Blahovich in the main event, key light heavyweight contest. There, um, it's 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 a little bit frustrating because like those those two guys really deserve a look and, and they really do deserve an opportunity to talk about being a number one contender. Yeah. Of course. With a continued fallout of USC 247, they're stuck, you know, kind of in the shadows of that. But both these guys are, I mean, 
they're both super nice, super polite, super cool people, but they're just not – neither one of them are big talkers. Yeah. Neither one of them are big promoters. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of the – they're probably two of the most reserved, quiet people in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, Corey's certainly doing a better job. He's doing a better job of, lately. Of, of calling his shots and asking for what he what he wants. I mean, I think if one of these guys goes in there and has just completely starches his opponent, I don't think Dana would pass up the opportunity to give them the next shot instead of going back as much as we'd like to see that Reyes fight. Because we've seen it happen time and time again. You know, it's that it's that last impression on Dana's and the matchmakers' minds. If one of these guys goes in there and puts on an absolute just barnstorming performance, and then calls out Jones at the end, I don't see them not getting the shot. I agree. After this. It's got to be. It's but they got to make a statement. They, they got to go do something. If it's just a ho hum five five rounds, then yeah, nobody nobody's. You go back to you go back to Reyes, right? You, I mean, you if would it's probably go back to Reyes. I, I think so too. I, I think Dominic Reyes right now. Is sitting around watching this fight, going, "Please be boring as hell." Yeah, because if it is, I don't know why. I mean, if, if somebody lays and prays or just you know clinches their way to a victory, I mean, I understand that counts, but yep. you, you, how, how how could you? I don't know. I, I I'm torn both ways because I always you know we know that the the UFC wants they're they're promoters and they want to promote the 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 hot item. I can see where part of them is like, man, Jones. We need Jones to keep winning. We need Jones to be the superstar because Jones draws a heck of a lot better. No offense to to Jan or Corey, but you know, even though those guys, if they're able to get the belt, I mean, like, who is Dana and those guys going to rather promote? I mean, Jones has the look. He's got the swagger. I mean, the crowd absolutely adores him. Um, I can almost see where the UFC is like, fuck, we don't want to throw Reyes back at him right now. <laughs> we need Jones to get back in there and have another dominating victory. There's something to that. You know? There's um, something to that. It really is. And you hate to think of it that way, but we all realize, and everybody listening to this realizes as well, I mean, this is this is not a lot of times one versus two, two versus three, three versus four. It's, it's the number one against the other hot item, the hot guy coming up. And uh, for one of these guys to get that next shot, they need to go in there and absolutely – just starch the opponent because, and, and maybe they don't because maybe maybe the UFC just doesn't want to test Jones, realizing how close this last one was. They might not want to go right back to the well on that one because they realize, um, no offense to Dominic, that I just think that when people come in there and want to look for who's going to move the needle more, it's going to be John Jones as opposed to Dominic Reyes, you know. And I think Reyes is an awesome, incredible individual, you know, but, um, you know, the UFC is going to have to do a heck of a job to build that story up behind him, whereas Jones' story is already out there. It's true. He's already this hot item. So I just don't know if Dana, as much as they might try to whatever, as much as people say, hey, that was the, that was a close fight, we need to see that back. Part of me thinks that that's the last thing the UFC wants to do right now is to run that one back. It's interesting, man. I mean, you're you're right. You know, it's like do you want to make the instant play or do you want to spread it out a little bit? You kind of spread it out and get, get some more, get those John Jones – you know, promotion dollars get the get the the word behind them. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's no there's no discounting the fact that when you go to a press conference and John Jones is there, outside of like when Connor's there or something, nobody gets a bigger pop than it's Jones. True. I mean, when uh, Cormier, I mean, for some reason the fucking crowd just hated, loved to just boo on him. You know, and <laughs> even though when it came to the story, like here was the Jones who had gotten in trouble and did all these things, Daniel did everything right. 
But Daniel got the booze. True. And John got the cheers. I mean, they absolutely the crowd just loves Jones and the UFC realized, I mean, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort to build these guys up to the superstar status. So there's part of them, I, I guarantee, that doesn't want Jones to lose right now. Um, and we've seen that with um, Connor as well. I mean, Connor had, for the longest time, very favorable matchmaking. And, uh, and there are a lot of people that will say that. You know, that's just not a hot take saying, like, oh, you know, I mean, he no, he, had, they gave he, had, he passed the test. He passed the test, and they, he had some tough ones. They, you can't, but there were some guys that they were they like. They managed him the right way. They did a great job of, yeah. of, of, of building him up. No question. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I, I just, part of me is thinking the last thing I want to do is give Jones another super hard test. I can see where they almost would rather take the winner of this. And they'll just sell up the fact that, oh, that's just keeping the division moving. We don't want to. We don't want to hold the division down. We don't want it to get stagnant. That would be an easy sell, right? It's I mean, you're, super easy. You're just sell like, like that. guys. I mean, listen, Reyes looked good, no question. Yep. He had but a shot. but he had a shot. We we can't cost these guys. You know, how long's Anderson been? How long's Anderson been going at me? You yep. know, how long? You're right. It's a super easy sell. You can it's already see the super, the super easy. Yep. It's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I can say. But we can just. Hear but we now. need that. We need. We need them to. They do need to show up because that's the kind of thing. Remember. Uh, until Johnny Walker got handed that loss, it was he was on the he fast was, track. He was gonna he was gonna skip everybody. Yep, because he was the hot item, you know. So that's that's how fickle this 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 sport is. And unfortunately, when they do the matchmaking, uh, oftentimes the 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 number one guy that should be getting the shot is just not getting the shot. It's interesting. I hadn't thought about that so. way. All right, listen, we'll get to the co-main in just a second. I want to uh, look a lot of people, and it's it's hard, man. It's, it's a fight night one week after a big pay-per-view, a controversial results and all that so i understand i i feel like this card is getting no love whatsoever to me i think it's actually pretty damn entertaining to be honest yeah, with you i mean good fighters you got you got uh it, it starts out the night starts out with mark de la rosa versus holly and paiva uh mark de la rosa of course is fighting on the same card as his wife montana de la rosa is fighting on the main card he's fighting in the prelims interesting dynamic there to see how that pans out now yeah we saw a similar situation in Bellator just a few weeks back. Uh, a little different there. You know, the the, the athletes, the the married fighters were fighting in back-to-back -back fights, which um, I, yeah. I don't know. In some ways, These I – These guys usually corner each other too. They so. do. They corner each other, and you kind of wonder how much, you know, at least with the Kings, they were fighting back-to-back, -back, and so I think they were probably, like, warming up at the same time, getting ready at the same time. I mean, you got to wonder, like – what kind of energy dump is Montana De La Rosa going to have yeah. fighting on the main card Typically, with her husband she fighting? She wouldn't even be there at the same time. That's right. So, so she, if she's going to corner him, she's going to have to get bust over there early. Boy, that's such a great him. point. You're that's, right. That's, that's, that's tough for her. She I wouldn't even normally totally, be at the arena. I could see her totally doing that and cornering because it's just the way that they work things out. Yeah. But, yeah, she's going to be putting extra stress on herself because normally she wouldn't even take that bust Such a there. great point. Like, ideally, if you were, like – Let's say you were managing both fighters, right? Was, yeah. You don't have ties to them outside of them just being fighters. Uh, I mean, I guess you would have ties to them. You manage them. You probably have a relationship. But what I'm saying is if you were just talking about the fighter, Montana De La Rosa, you would say, listen, I know your husband's fighting. Forget about it. Don't yep. turn the TV on. Yep. Don't turn Fight Pass on or yep. ESPN+. Plus. You stay here. You relax. You get in your mindset. You go over to the arena when it's time for the main card to go to the arena. Not until then. That's what ideally you would want her to do. But you know you can't ask a, a, a wife or a husband to do that, like yeah. to to, to, to abandon their spouse. I think that she's way. cornered in the last the last couple absolutely of fights. I can she remember does. she's always in his corner. She she absolutely does. So, I, and it's probably part of it too. I wonder too. I mean, like 
fighters are superstitious. Fighters know who work, works for, what works for them. And it's worked well for him having her in his corner. So I can see where they're like, we're not going to change this. Yep. You know, I need to be there. Um, but it is going to put some extra stress on her for sure, especially if things don't go his way. I mean, that's got to be a, a huge emotional Either you get dump. that nice rush or you get that dump, yeah. you know what I mean? So that, so to me, that's just a, a very intriguing way to start things out. Macy Chesson, uh oh, yeah. had, had the, the loss last time out. Like, she's wanting to, to bounce back. By the way, yeah. man, our buddy Safe Saud saw him in Houston, Fortis MMA, went 0-3 that yeah, night. That was a rough night. Rough night for him. It was funny. I was leaving the hotel at about 4.30 in the morning to go to the uh, airport. Hadn't, hadn't been to sleep yet. Uh, obviously, was working all the way until it's time to go. Uh, walked out of my room to go catch the um, – to go catch the, the the Uber and Safe was like like literally just like pacing in the hallways and he was like, I'll, I'll walk you down, bro. Like we were, he was just man, it was still just. I mean, Fortis uh, MMA is not used to having nights like yeah. that. Oh and three, so he was yeah, he was distraught. Yeah, I felt for him. I, and and Safe's a good dude. He reached out uh, from that night or from down there was like, oh, I found I figured out I found out what was you were going through. So I thought it was nice that he he sent a little shout out and That's I wanted awesome. I wanted to write him that night, but I was like, uh, the last thing he needs is another person trying to chime in and say something because I knew he was having a rough night. I mean, he gets he's so emotionally involved with his fighters. I mean, and I think that's why they do so well, you know. But yeah, I felt I felt really bad he for gives him. His all to them. That was a tough, tough night for Fortis. So there you go. This could be Macy Chickson's chance to, to try to win it back. I mean get her own personal uh revenge to a degree and, yeah. and also something for the team as well. Uh Marab Devachvili, I'm just a huge fan of Marab Devachvili, one of the nicest dudes you've ever met, but yeah. he's got a tough one with Casey Kenny. That is a that is a that is a spectacular prelim fight. Uh and, and as you make your way up, I mean Holtzman versus Jim Miller. I mean, we always love hot sauce, of course. He's such a good dude. But Jim Miller, man, yep. the veteran going at it, man, still you know, yep. still doing it. John Dotson versus Nathaniel Wood, cross crossroad type of fight there, man. John Dotson, of course, you know he's had some setbacks. He's trying to prove he still belongs. Nathaniel Wood, um, a guy that, that people are very very high on, uh, had a nice winning streak going. Had a little setback uh, with an injury. Now he's back in action. Uh, Tim Means is in there as well. So I mean, the pre the prelims to me. Again, I, I understand why we're not seeing superstars, but uh, the prelims to me are fun. And then you kick it over the main card. Yancey Medeiros and Land Lando Venata, like, kicking things off. Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's going to be a sick fight. Ray Borg, love Ray Borg, and you know the, all that he's been through. Um, but Rogerio Bontarine is no joke. That is going to be a tough fight for Ray Borg there. Uh, you got Brock Weaver against Kazula Vargas. Brock Weaver, I, th that guy is fun as hell. He was actually yep. at the UFC in Houston uh, in full. Uh, obviously, he has a, so, uh, Native American heritage, yep. and he was wearing like full Native American garb, oh, wow. and he like, representing his tribe. So that was cool. Then, as you said, you get to uh, the, the Mara Romero Barella fight against Montana De La Rosa. Where's her head at? Where's her body at? How things are going to be going at that point? I mean, so to me, just a lot of really, really intriguing fights. And then you get to the co-main event, which I am super intrigued by. Diego Sanchez fighting in New Mexico, uh, his native New Mexico. Excited to do that against Michelle Pajeda, uh, who is just an absolute madman, right? An absolute uh, showman. One of the most exciting people to watch, um, but also uh, certainly has a tendency to gas out. Uh, certainly is not unbeatable, as his record would suggest. And as his time in the UFC would suggest, um, but anytime you have a Diego Sanchez fight week, that means you get a Diego Sanchez interview. <laughs> and uh, it was Matt Erickson who had the uh, pleasure to record this one. He was out in uh, Rio Rancho, New Mexico earlier today, actually, 
And uh, I, I just – part of me wanted to, like, you know, trim this down and make it like a highlight and that sort of thing. But first of all, Diego doesn't need a lot of questions, okay? Like, basically, you just kind of stick a mic go. in front of him and you go, Diego, I'm recording. And let him go. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, but I love Diego, man. He is a madman. He is such a unique character. And, I mean, now he's got this crazy coach with him. And the, the it's, I don't know, man. But it, it just – it wouldn't be a Diego Sanchez fight week if we didn't hear from Diego Sanchez. So uh, here's Diego Sanchez. Feel good to be back fighting at home for the first time in a while? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Albuquerque. The fight might be in Rio Rancho, but it's Albuquerque, Nuevo Mexico to me. And on this land, I'm undefeated since the age of 12 years old. I've been in the streets to the wrestling mats to winning state championships, to winning the king of the cage out there on that Santa Ana land. It's, it's been a great track record for me. And, you know, when you come fight me here in Albuquerque, you're not only fighting Diego Sanchez, you're fighting the desert. You're fighting the high altitude of 5,000 feet. You're, you're fighting the dry air that just gives you those chapped lips and that dry throat. You, you're, you're fighting the elements. As years have gone by and, and you haven't been able to fight here, I mean, is that something that you kind of longed for and, and said, God, I wish they would come back here so I could do it again? You know, um, the last time that I fought here was 2014. And in 2014, I was in a different place than I am now. And I made a decision. I chose to, to fight. I chose to... During the fight here at home in 2014, I chose to stay at my house. I said, oh, well, you know, this is an advantage. I, I get my own comfortable bed. You know, I don't have to sleep in a hotel. Uh, you know, I'll do the, do the weight cut in my own hot tub. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is going to be good. But it was too comfortable. And I, I lost that, that, that mission element where you know you're you're a warrior and you're on the travel and you're going somewhere and and you get that you know that feeling of going into a different territory and you know I I still pulled out a victory it was um, it was not the type of victory I wanted that night come Saturday night my mind is right my health is right my training is extremely well prepared and I'm ready to give New Mexico, but not only New Mexico, ESPN and the rest of the world, the best performance they've ever seen me fight. Yeah, can you just expound upon about where you're at right now, the place you're in right now, and what people can't expect from you come fight night? It's, where I am right now is just a very serene, calm, I feel, feel just very aware very, very, very aware of what's going on in my life. Very aware of the opportunity that has been placed in my destiny. And, you know, it's, I didn't, I didn't, I go back three months ago, I didn't know if I was gonna even be fighting in the UFC anymore. I was at the end of a 32 fight contract, the longest of all time history. The, the man with the most history in the UFC, the man that brought UFC to Albuquerque and opened the doors, who took Greg Jackson to his first UFC fight, 
the one who went against Greg Jackson's approval. He said, no, don't you do that game show. That game show, game shows are for, that's, that's a joke. And I listened to the, to the rest in peace Charles mask of Tap Out. He, um, he told me, no, Diego, this is going to be the biggest thing ever. You got you to gotta do this show. You're going to be a star, and, and, and I'm going to get you in there. I'm going to talk to Dana White, and I'm going to get you in there. I know you're only a welterweight. But, but, but I'm going to pull some strings. I'm going to get you on that show. And um, I listened to my gut feeling. And, and I got on that show. And I was the underdog then. And I'm the underdog now. I was fighting middleweights then. I was the smallest guy on the show. I didn't look like anything. I looked like a wrestler. Not a Division I national champion. But just a little old last state to become a state poorest state in the nation. Yeah, I was a little nothing. And they threw me in there, you know, with the big middleweights. And um, I, I proved them wrong. I won the show. I was the first. Now, 15, 16 years later, I'm the last. You don't see any of those men still fighting. I'm still here. And I just signed five more fights with the UFC excited and thrilled to get that run started here in my hometown. Um, I, I could not be more happy. I could not be more ready. And um, just there's a lot on the line. And uh, come Saturday night, just know that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it all in the cage. I'm going to go. And you're going to see me fight. You're going to see me fight. You're going to see me not go to this guy but through this guy and I'm ready. What do you feel it says about you that at your age UFC has just signed you up for another five fights? Well, there has been men in the past so I won't act like I'm the first to defy the odds of age. Randy Couture was 44 when he won a UFC championship. There was Yoel Romero, who's 42 now, and he will be fighting Israel Adesanya for the middleweight championship in July. There are, there are anomalies to the textbook of what you've been told, what science says is what. And I am one of those outside-the-box human beings. I have always looked for the natural fountain of youth. At the age of 20, I started searching for this. I was looking and searching. I said, well, if, if I can stay younger and stay healthy and heal my body and heal my mind from the inside out, I'm gonna have an edge here and I'm, I'm gonna have a better chance a better shot at achieving my destiny and, and fulfilling what I feel was put in my heart that I am going to be this legendary great champion. So now at 38 years old, I will not lie to you. I will be honest. I feel better than I did at 22. There is a method to my madness. 
Some people say, oh, he's crazy. He's crazy. But you know what? I do the work. I take care of myself. I'm working on myself. I'm healing myself. I'm meditating. I'm putting the time in, in the nutrition, in the diet, in the even down to the water I drink and how I take care of this vessel that I've been given. So, am I surprised? No. Am I proud of myself? Um, I just look at it as this is the way it should be for every human being out there. I want to inspire and, and motivate other human beings to take care of themselves outside of fighting. If I could do it in the most extreme measures where I'm taking blows to the head and you see all these football players and you hear all this talk about CTE and yes, I've had five concussions in my life, only five, but I have recovered and I sit before you guys today speaking better than I did five years ago. It is very obvious the changes and the transformation that has been made and that is continuing to happen. You talk, a, you talk a lot about having kind of a different approach to fighting, a different mindset. But the guy you're fighting obviously has a totally different style, especially inside of the cage. Um, the last guy he fought was also somebody who had fought as low as 155 and was able to beat him. Do you feel like you have a similar kind of thing here where you've actually tamed a lot of fighters in the past with fundamentals in a similar way to Tristan Connolly, what he did against him? Well, Tristan is a good friend of mine. We've trained together during this training camp out at, in, in Las Vegas at the UFCPI. So I know him very well, and we've spoke about, about Piera. And we know what Piera brings to the table. The thing you need to understand is the Diego Sanchez you will see Saturday night is not the Diego Sanchez you've ever seen before. As I have continued to evolve in my outside-the-box methods, this last year has been the most impactful year of my career. As I have stepped outside of the box of Jackson Wink and the team and doing things just like everybody else. There are other ways to do to get things done. And not necessarily why do those other ways have to be wrong just because people say, oh, 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 no, no, your teammates, who are you training with? I'm Diego Sanchez. I am a legend of the sport. I can walk into any gym, anywhere in the world, with open arms and have teammates that will help me. What I'm doing now with School of Self-Awareness and my trainer Joshua Fabia is the next level of evolution of the sport of mixed martial arts. It is coming full cycle to where I have a trainer and I may be the only fighter in the sport of mixed martial arts with a real trainer like Mike Tyson and Customato. Someone who really has your back. 
Someone who really cares gives you that time, that energy, that love. You know, things have shifted in the, in the evolution. Things have shifted because in the beginning it was let's put wrestling together, let's put boxing together, let's put MMA together, let's put kickboxing, let's put Muay Thai, let's put uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, we're gonna Russian Sambo, Taekwondo, all these different arts, okay? And we're gonna put these things together, we're gonna put it in one box in a room. We're gonna put them in the box. We're gonna try to figure out our own style. And how can the most complete fighter be, all right? So when this happens, you, now you have 40, 50 guys to deal with. You have 40, 50 guys you have to train. Tell me, how are you gonna put the time and the energy into 40, 50 guys that you can't put into one man like a mic and a custom model? It's not gonna be the same. And it's gonna change, it's gonna be, okay, well, we gotta get in, we gotta spar. Oh, well, okay, we gotta do wrestling class. And it becomes a classes thing, where now you're not being trained, you're training yourself. You're training yourself with your teammates. Maybe you learned something from your teammate that day, maybe he learned something from you, it's a give take, you know. But in the end, you're just trying. You're just trying. You're trial and erroring it. You're not actually putting a method to it and putting a system and thinking it out. And so here I am changing the game. I'm a game changer. And the sport will continue to evolve with or without me. And I just choose to be the one, to be a leader step outside the box and say no no I'm not gonna be like all these other guys and cut 20 pounds I'm not gonna do it they don't allow us to do IVs they don't allow us to do IVs so how am I gonna recover from pulling all the water out of my body and my brain where I'm gonna get hit in the head all right cutting weight comes from wrestling this is where it started. Are wrestlers getting knocked in the head? No, they're not. They're going in there for six minutes on a wrestling mat and giving it everything they can for six minutes. This is not fighting. This is not combat, all right? So now I'm walking around at my fight week. And yes, I am the David in the Goliath division. My fighters that my opponents, the ones that are in the welterweight division, they walk at 195 to 200 pounds. Easy. Some of them walk around even at 210. Some of these guys are monsters. You will see the size difference with Michelle Piera and myself come Saturday. Because I, I tell you right now, I already know, the guy missed weight for his last fight. And he is a big man. He's a giant, but he's draining and killing himself. How do I know this? Oh, little old Diego done that before. Little Diego was 25 once too. Little Diego 
fought 145, 155, 170, 185. I even fought light heavyweight. I've done it. I am a game changer. And when it came time to make the crucial decision whether I was going to continue to fight and do this sport as a living, how to make a choice. And when I went deep inside myself and asked that question, am I going to fight 55s or am I going to just go up to 70s? I asked myself. And, and I told myself, if you're going to go in there to combat, you're going to go to war. You need to be the healthiest. You need to be the strongest. You need to be rested. And you need to be focused. Don't forget that fourth element of focus. If your focus is all on weight cutting, is your focus on the fight? Is your focus on your strategy? Is your focus on feeling good and feeling strong and feeling confident? No, it's not. You're breaking your confidence day by day as fight week is going by. And so I'm here and I'm looking to change the game. I'm going to always be con continually pushing for hydration tests. They do this um, in Asia. They do this in Asia. They, they do hydration tests at weigh-ins so that they know how much, how much water you're pulling out. Are you under 170 already right now? I will not be under 170. I fight at 171. So I will come in at 171 and where I need to be. Right now, I'm, I woke up around 173. Not cutting weight anymore. Have you felt that it's affected your overall health? Like you feel better even outside of camp, not having put your body through the weight cuts recently? Well, you just have to think about it like this. Life is patterns, ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. All right? So if you are taking your body down, okay, and then all camp's over, all right? Back up to 195. Back, okay, I'll sign a fight. Back down to 170, back up to 195. This is an erratic pattern, all right? This is not normal and it is not natural. Do you see normal people going up and down, up and down, up and down? No, most, most people, most healthy human beings carry their weight if they are healthy. Some of you are not, all right? So now that I am consistently carrying my natural weight at 175. The highest I'll get up 177, 178. Have a lot of salt, you know, drink a lot of water, you know, eat a couple burgers after the fight. Yeah, maybe I might get up to 178, you know, but none of this, it might be this, but this is healthy still compared to this. And so, the patterns of my life have been, become consistent as the patterns of my breathing have become, become consistent. All right, listen, what do you say? I mean, it's, it's Diego Sanchez. I don't even know how you... Uh... I don't even know how you follow that up, man. It's just it's just Diego, but I I love it, man. I will say this: if you want to watch the video, uh, the video is up on MMA Junkie. We also have it on our YouTube page as well. Um, 
I I will say this. You know, Diego talks about his commitment to uh, you know uh, anti aging and and the it is we I mean it is weird how he continues to like seemingly get younger every time you see him. Like visually, it is bizarre, man. The dude does not age. It is uh it is weird to see. Something something's got to be working. So, yeah, w- whatever weird stuff he's doing, something. And and he's doing some weird shit. <laughs> he's doing some weird shit. But uh, but yeah, it seems to be working for him. I mean, can't fault him for it. I mean, when the lengths of career wise, how long right? he's been doing it's it's unreal. It's unreal. Dude was like what UFC the Ultimate Fighter ultimate won. Fighter won the Ultimate Fighter won. Unreal. There's nobody else. Nobody took else Greg is, Jackson to his first nobody UFC. Else is still, nobody else is still around. No, right? that's it. He's the only one left. So whatever he's doing is is working and. But yeah, he's out there, man. I love his energy. I love his just his mind is a uh, he he's a piece of work. <laughs> he is. He is man. a piece of work. I, I love it. I, I wish I was there to uh, to be there for his fight. I, I I just love being around the guy, man. Uh, he is an interesting cat. So anyway, that's that's uh, UFC on ESPN Plus twenty five. Of course, uh, as I said, Matt Erickson out there. He will have uh, full coverage of that. Well, MMA Junkie will have it all taken care of. And uh, listen. Uh, I'm home for a few weeks. You're home for a few weeks. You're not going anywhere. Nope, I'm not going anywhere. So that means we can actually uh, actually get a little flow going. We'll uh, we'll we'll have the full crew together for the next next couple of weeks or so. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. And, I'll, uh, I'll feel more. I'll feel more uh, human every every week. Every week, I know, man. It, what you can't <laughs> see behind the scenes is is Cole Coffee having to get up and kind of stretch his legs out and stretch his yeah. back, and you can, you can tell there's he's he's there's uh, still issues. There's still issues. Yeah, happening. he's, he's uh, <laughs> fighting through it, but there's still some uh, some uncomfortableness. I I, w- I would say. Yeah, this uh, it's getting better. It's, it's right. getting well, better. The the PBRs are going to start to set in. The yeah, the, the, the pain pills yet. are good. Best medicine yet. We're good. We'll, we'll enjoy it. He'll be back to uh, normal as quickly as possible. We'll all be there. In the meantime, we'll just say thanks for listening.